So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields. And I have here with me, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I am fantastic. How's everybody tonight? Wonderful. Uh, Jean sounds a little off. That wasn't quite as fantastic as... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. And we have here with us this week our very special guest, Shri Gone Too Far. Welcome. Well, thank you, partners. <laughs> Felt almost uh, strange to play our uh, title track because we're going to have live music tonight. So uh, it's going to be a wonderful and interesting show. So well, excited. Uh, I'd like to say something, Rick and, and Jean. Thank Please. you very much for having me on your show. I'm very grateful. And I would like to let you know that, you know, I wasn't even sure if I was going to make the show today. You know, uh, quite often... Spirit will throw challenges at us, and of course, we create our own challenges, whether we realize it or not. We're always presented with problems that are intended to help us with our spiritual growth, and we have to learn to do that. And today, I tell you, I just handed a, a flurry, just uh, an endless, almost seemingly endless number of challenges. As a matter of fact, it started last night. I had a dream in which I couldn't remember who I was. When I woke up this morning, I realized I don't even know who I am. And I was feeling so low that I had to climb an 18-foot extension ladder to get up to the basement. You know, that's a pretty bad way to start a day. And then, suddenly, I found myself singing, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. So I was sure that today was going to be a crazy day. So I walked into the bathroom, and as soon as I saw my face in the mirror, I immediately asked for three pieces of ID. That's how paranoid I was feeling. (laughs) And to make matters worse, Suddenly the phone rings, I pick it up, and it's somebody asking me if I want to appear in America's least wanted. Two minutes later, my psychic phones up, and he cancels our appointment because something unforeseen had come up. And I'm going, what could possibly go worse than that? And then I missed the first class of the memory enhancement course I signed up for yesterday. So I can tell you right now, it's okay to get up into harbor doubts once in a while because it happens all the time. And I realize, you know, my insanity is really the only thing preventing me from losing my mind. So I thought I'd share that with you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Okay, so normally, you know, I jump into the first question being, who are you and what the hell do you do? But, folks, I think you've got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the whole purpose of me sharing that with you is just to point out to people something that we often forget. And that is that being lighthearted is really a key to our happiness. You know, when we look out there and we see life's problems, 
We don't have to take them seriously or let them bother us. We can say, you know what? I didn't create that, so I'm going to take response. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to take responsibility for it. I take responsibility for my own actions. And I think if everybody lived his or her life in this manner, a lot more love would flow throughout the land. And a lot less uh, judgment and decision of who's wrong. Exactly. Some people are so occupied with identifying and cataloging who's wrong that they never bother stopping to think if they're right, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, of course, what's right for one person is not right for another person. It's all so subjective. You know, we all have different... We all have different lessons to learn. We all learn at a different pace. And if we become aware of that, I think we tend to develop a lot more patience and compassion for others and consequently for ourselves. Absolutely, because it's just not um, uh, some serious pre-programmed, here are the 57 steps or 570 or 144 or 72, 69, whatever number resonates with the, that particular guru. Um as the steps to enlightenment when really the one important step, as you said, lighthearted, we, we often say lighten up um, and uh, not, not, not let it get to you. It's uh, so much of it is not nearly as we get hung up on things that are in the long run, not very important and leave the important stuff behind. Yeah. And there seems to be so many people out there, you know, today I observe, I'm not talking about everybody, but there's definitely, uh, I'm observing a number, a large number of crafty charlatans promising fast food solutions, you know, to the spiritually hungry. You know, there's, like you were saying, the 42 steps to this, the secret to financial success, the secret to spiritual freedom, the secret to this, how to manifest the law of attraction, all these things that people are professing to, to offer. Everybody seems to be, so many people seem to be an authority on so many different subjects. Yet most of them are having problems, you know, living their own lives. And I have learned that it, it is okay to start out looking outside of ourselves for answers. But basically, no one can really give us what we already have. If we're searching for the truth, we always end up coming back and looking at our inner selves in, inside our, our divine hearts. Because love comes from within. No one can give it to us. We already have it. We just have to learn to recognize it in ourselves and in others. And as we do... Our problems and everyday situations, all the stresses and anxieties that we have tend to be dissipated, and we're much more able to deal with these things in a positive way. I think um, I think people have this misconception, and no, you know what, I, I don't think. I know people have this misconception that it is a long, arduous process to this, that there is so much to learn in order to get to a certain level. And um, I think, and I know, again, I know, part of the reason we do this show is to help people understand that it's, it's, it's not, it's not difficult. It's so natural. It, if you need proof, go out to your local playground and watch kids play. If you need proof of how natural it is to just love and be joy, go hang out with a child. Just just go hang out with a kid for a while. I mean, if if, if for no other reason to, to enjoy their just natural innate ability to embrace fun. Because am, life is... Sorry, go ahead. Life is supposed to be fun. Yeah, and life... 
life, life is about love. It really, you know, we exist because of God's love. And it's, for me, love is the answer to every question, every challenge, every problem. But the mind is always complicating the simplest things. And today, so much is being said about it, attracting and keeping real love as if it was something outside of ourselves. But you know what? Love can't be kept or influenced. It's, love is all there is. We are love. And as you were saying, in that particular situation, we hang around, spend time with children who are, you know, not so crystallized in, in, in the old habits that we have as adults. They're so spontaneous, and we just automatically are inspired by their loving energy and uplifted immediately. And that's a really good example that you brought up there about how simple and joyful life can be, but it's up to us at all times. Absolutely, it is an individual choice, and again, it's up to us also to respect the individual choice of others who might not want to go there just yet. And you know, I mean, to to stand in in our place of peace, contentment, and calm, and to stare out at the world and say, well, how how can you not see it? How can you not, you know, want to seek this out? How can you? Then we're just going back into that old energy pattern of of not accepting them for for them being who they are. I mean, I think and this is why I love the fact that you're you're here tonight with us, Sean Pierre, because um what you do is is your creator of music, of poetry, of of things that um things that inspire, uplift, bring joy to people, things that make people laugh. Um, and, and that to me is, is creative, creative power in its most pure form is, is to take your talent, your skills and to use them to put a smile on somebody other, somebody else's face for no other reason than for the joy of creating that smile. Well, you know, here's how I look at it. And I agree with you. We are all children of God and the way that God is able to communicate with its children is through the light and sound. Many people call it spirit. And each and every one of us are channels for God's love. God is always looking for, for channels for love to pass through. And as more people, you know, sort of consciously become channels for God's love, the brighter life becomes. And in my particular case, you know, I didn't set out to write my book, Love's True Home. I realized that it was writing me. And I recognized right away as these images and these thoughts and these rich emotions and ideas was just like tumbling into my mind and just then it splashed into my heart into a, a frothy little creamy little little soup and then they throw up my fingers on the Facebook. I realized that each one of us, even though we're all children of God, we're so unique and when we consciously allow spirit to pass through us, it takes a little bit of us with it before it goes out again. It takes some of our texture, our flavor, our color, our aroma. It takes a little bit of our personality and then as we let spirit pass through us without trying to change it, it actually becomes unique in its expression. So we're all capable of that. And I, rem I would like to remind everybody, don't look out there for your answers. You can look out there and experience life and make your decisions and, you know, move accordingly. But really, open your heart up to God's love. Open your heart up to spirit. And as you do, you will see that life will start to look differently. It really will. And that's how it works for me. So I'm not really creating anything. I don't believe that there is such thing as an original thought. I believe that all the atoms in the lower planes, in the mental, the astral, and the physical plane already pre-exist. And what we do, we just reassemble them and express them. 
But in fact, we, we're incapable of creating anything original. We might express it in a wrong, unique way, but thought is more like a reflection. Once we put our, our once we focus our attention on a state of consciousness, we think. We give it life by giving it our attention, and it flows through us. So, you know, it's up to us to decide what we want to focus on, where we want to place our attention. That will determine how we see life and what kind of experiences we attract to ourselves. And Love's True Home is designed that way. It's it's not a storybook. It's 1,350 little spiritual nuggets that are intended to touch people's hearts and spark up their mind and give them some encouragement. But more than anything, it's intended to make them realize that they are beautiful, spiritual beings, and we're all here to share with each other. I get the sense that you, you really didn't set out, um, and, and I'm going to bring this up, I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to throw it out there because I see too much of it happening. You didn't set out to be a teacher or a guide or, or to stand on a pedestal, did you? You just took your experiences and your, your journey and, 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 and turned it into something beautiful and put it out there for people to pick up. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm more of a rebel. I don't stand on a pedestal. I like to walk around kicking the pedestal from other people's feet. So you're the <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, me too. Especially, you know, um, when it comes to... As human beings, we accept so many things, some of our expressions and some of the things that science has taught us. It's so ridiculous. It's so insane that we just take it for granted. We never really stop to examine them in our own personal way to see if what we've been told is actual truth or just, you know, a particular... You know, a fact is really nothing true. It's just a single point of view, and that's what I've learned. So as an example, you see science today. You know, science is digging as deep as it can with all these microscopes, and it's going out into the farthest reaches of space. Why? What are they trying to discover? They're ignoring one of the most, I believe, one of the most obvious and important physical aspects of our physical universe, and that is the sun. Now, a lot of people, you know, we're going out to the moon, we're going to Mars, we've got these big telescopes. But if they were to take a bit of time to examine the sun, the sun shines light. I'm going to talk about our particular planet now, not other, you know, um, life forms elsewhere. The sun shines light on planet Earth. Light has all these colors that you break it up through a prism. Each one of these colors giving properties. The sun is not a ball of gas. The sun is a conduit. It's like an expression of God's love that just covers us with rays of warmth and love and allows us to live and survive in the physical plane. But yet science totally ignores it. So the problem with science, I mean, there are some good parts of science. There's no doubt about it, but it's limited. Science, which really is a a creation of the mind is incapable of learning anything of any lasting value because let's face it, all matter eventually disintegrates. So science really knows nothing about life. It knows a little bit about matter, but it knows nothing about spirit because there isn't a single thing in our, in our advanced technological world today, not a single device that can measure divine love. Not a one. Uh, I, think, uh, I think our dear friend Einstein said something about that. Uh, about the combining, and of course he used the word religion because it was the word that he had at the time, but uh, he said science without religion is lame and religion without science is blind. Yeah, and And, Einstein is a very uh, gifted soul. You know, I think the greatest thing that Einstein ever proved is that nothing can be absolutely proven. It's all subjective. Right. It's just a 
just a construct, and if we can all agree on it, we can use math and we can do amazing things. We can have microwaves and cell phones and little portable keyboards and all of these things, and they're fun and they're nice and they're neat, but it's not telling us the any, as you said, lasting truth, any final secrets or anything. Uh, yeah, and, you know, let, let's talk about light. You know, today there's a lot of energy, a lot of focus, not just in science, but in the psychic art, you know, light beings, givers of light. And, and of course, science says that light is this incredible, incredibly powerful energy. But when you really think about it, you know, sci- uh, light is... Welcome back. Yay. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that our guests, our listeners are compassionate on the standard of voice technical challenge. And I was thinking, you know... That must have happened for a reason. So why don't we break up the conversation? I'm going to read a little bit of poetry for you. Perfect. I think that's a wonderful idea. I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. So yes, let's let's have some poetry, some music, and some enjoying time. I'm going to start off by reading one of my turning poems, and I'm going to have some background music from Johann Sebastian Bach, and I'll read the poem right now. How's the background music? Lovely. You inhale me and saturate me with your crazy passion. And as you exhale me, I burst out like a flaming crimson comet from the constellations swirling deep within your eyes, exploding like a supernova high into the cobalt sky. And then you drink me, imbibe me. Somehow you get inside me and spin me like a cyclone suspending me above your torrential boiling rapids, hovering, palpitating, my glistening wings fluttering, slowly melting, shimmering silver rivulets, liquid feathers dripping into the glorious ocean of holy splendor, drowning in your ecstasy, effervescent liquid love, lost forever in the center of your precious golden heart. Did that come true? Beautiful. It did. Okay. It did. Um, what I'm going to do, though, guys, um, and, and I'm going to do this for everybody else because um, Shri Gonsu Far, you are our guest tonight, and I think you have some amazing, wonderful stuff to share with people. I'm going to step off. I'm going to listen to the show. Um, Rick's, Rick's got the hosting. Um, he's hosting it, so he has to stay on the call. Um, but I don't want the show to drop the line again. Um, you know I love you. I am glad you're with us. I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to share the rest of it, but I am going to listen to everything, and you will have, you know, I'll be with you in spirit, but I don't want to drop the call again because, you know what, you're our guest, and I think I think um, what you have to share with people is more important for, for the listeners tonight than what I have to say. So I'm going to step off the call, guys, so that it doesn't drop again, so we're not taxing um, I'll be here with you, okay? Wonderful. We love you, Jane. We might try to bring you back right at the tail end so you can give us a goodbye. Okay, baby. I'll be here. Listen. All right. All right? Baby. Ooh. Well, that's my sister. We uh, we talk that way. We're, we're uh, I call her my star sister or my light sister, uh, something, a quote I read one time about... Uh, members of the same family rarely growing up under the same roof. So uh, great, 
great, great lady, and uh, we're working on one of her on her third book right now. We're gonna have it out soon. I've been reading it, so I, I could go on all night about her. But as she said, this show's about you, so uh, I understand that you might have another uh, reading for us, or do you have a song for us this time? Well, actually, I was gonna close our talk with the song, and I'm gonna read okay. it in a few more minutes. But you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about how. Many of the expressions that we as human beings use and don't even think about when we use them, we just we say them, you know, the very common expressions that are pretty well famous, some are quotes. I want to just go through a couple of them with you and our, and our friends that are listening and just to maybe examine them to see that when we use these things, we actually, when we express these, these I'll read, here's one as an example. It goes like this. Now, the expression that there's a reason for everything, you know, that's a very common expression. That's just another trick of mine to divert our attention away from the truth because divine love has no reason, needs no reason, and is far beyond reason. And this is how the mind works. The mind is always conjuring up these ideas, these images, this news of, you know, it propagates news of fear and worry in the news media. It's always getting us to look into the outer world. Its purpose is to, when it's a control anyway, its purpose is to take our attention away from our true self and keep us preoccupied with matters in the outer world. And there's a problem with that because as long as we're doing that, we're not really living from the heart, we're living from the mind. But not only are we living from the mind, we are actually reacting to the mind instead of using the mind as a tool. Now, for a lot of people, the mind is difficult to understand, but you know what? It's nothing more than a machine. As soul, our true self, we use it in tandem with our physical body and our astral body as an instrument of perception and expression while we're down here gaining experience in the lower world. Eventually, we throw the mind away. So, you know, it's good for us to keep that in mind, that, um, that we tend to say things. Here's another crazy expression that the mind comes up with. It says, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, I don't know about that. Whenever we strive to become a caricature of somebody else, frustration and disappointment are sure to follow. We're better off beholding the splendor of our true selves and settling for nothing less. Absolutely, I um, I think this is a great one that you brought up because I've I've talked about it before uh, and, and heard others talk about it that we can be so unconscious about some of the things we say, yet they can be kind of good indicators for what we might be buying into. Yes, how about this one? People say this all the time. They say, "Oh, you only live once." Well, think about that. If a person really believes that they only live once, first of all, it means that they don't believe they're spiritual beings because as spiritual beings, we're eternal. I mean, that expression, you only live once, is hilarious. To one person, it means, oh, I better do as much as I can while I'm here. Another person might think, oh, I better take as much as I can while I'm here. For me, as soul, I do live once, but it's forever. And every day, you know, I try to shine a little brighter on my journey back home. So these expressions that we, we use actually are have an, an enormous influence on our attitudes and the experiences that we end up having every day because the way that we think and feel about life will direct us to certain experiences. Not, you know, it's up to us. Absolutely. We, we, uh, we find the experiences that will reinforce our strongest belief patterns. Yes, and I, I think the most common misrepresentation that I hear a lot of people using today is that they'll say things like, well, my soul or your soul or, you know, their soul. But when we're using that expression, 
we have yet to discover our true spiritual nature because soul is not a thing that we possess or that we own. We are soul, and we own, we have bodies, we have feelings, and we have minds. You know, how do I say it? Um, we're just resplendent souls. We're children of God. The soul in its realized state is like a wild stallion, noble, free-spirited, unfettered, and spontaneous. You know, it's forever roaming the wondrous skies of heaven. But humans without spiritual awareness are like tamed workhorses, you know, corralled, kept in rain by the mind, and always following the dictates of others, relying on what other people think of them to feel good about themselves. That just leads to a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And eventually, we start to unfold like an origami swan. And as we do unfold, because soul doesn't develop, it just unfolds. And as these coverings peel loose like an onion or like a swan opening up, we're able to release more and more of the loving light and sound, which is actually inside our divine hearts. Now, a lot of people are wandering around in the body thinking, they're so, thinking that they own a soul. And that makes for a very hard life. It really does, because they're not, they're not seeing the true self. And that's what Love's True Home is about. It's, it's, it's these little tidbits of inspirational passages, prose, poetry, that are meant to sort of touch our hearts and give us a spark and encouragement and wake us up to our true nature. Yes, because it's, it's just exactly sort of upside down and backwards, this I'm a human being that has a soul. Sure. And, you know, the, fur- the further we are from divine love, the more attached we become to our ideas and our possessions. It's a process. I mean, we have to learn to love ourselves as soul, not as people, because people vanish, bodies die. But love is an eternal beacon residing in every heart. So we learn gradually over time to shine on and fear nothing. And once we're able to look beyond our body, we can rejoice as we behold ourselves as resplendent spiritual beings. the inside on finding ourselves. Yes, I had a comment from the chat room that your the inspiration your book offers uh, us insight on finding ourselves and our true nature. Right, and it's all about surrendering. When I say surrendering, I don't mean that we, you know we're we're sort of slaves or we're weak. Surrender is a, is a sign of strength. Surrender is letting go of our fears. It's expanding our awareness and opening up to God's divine love. And that's what's going on today. Today we have. As we were talking about before, we have the psychic arts are just, they're running rampant. And it's just history repeating itself. Back in the late 1890s, there was spiritualism, there was theosophy, there was Ouija boards, there was channelers, there was psychic people, which is fine. But when you really think about it, there is a huge difference between spiritual energy and psychic energy. Spiritual energy is God's love passing through us, and we don't try and channel it in any way. We just allow it to pass through us. And as I said before, it takes on a particular trait, and it goes out and can only do what's best for everybody because the light and sound of God has only one quality, and that is to spread love. Whereas psychic energy, which a lot of people are using these days, is a two-edged sword. Psychic energy is using a dual-force energy. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. Either way, there's a price to pay no matter how you use it because whenever we try and direct these energies, there's a karmic price to pay. It's not like spirit. Spirit only does what's best for everybody. Psychic energy does what's best for every particular situation. It's, there's a lot of it, – it's the temptation of the mind. So 
we, as spiritual beings, as we unfold and as we grow, we discover the psychic energies, but a really enlightened soul moves past them and embraces love and just becomes a channel for God's energy. Absolutely. And uh, we, we talk uh, often, Gene and I, and, and also on the show, about uh, that you can have all of the trappings of, you know, spirituality. You know, we've got channeling, we've got non-physical entities, we've got these things. But if you have some expert that knows the way, and is going to tell you because you don't know the way. Um, there, there, to me, there's something wrong, energetically wrong with that just to start with. I don't think that anyone that calls me for coaching or counseling or whatever you want, conversation is almost what I would call it. I don't have their answers, but I'll be happy to help them find theirs. And well, exactly. Yes, exactly. And you know what? That's a very good point, Rick, because... No one can save us. You know, a lot of people are waiting for the great redeemer, the savior, and messiah. Once again, this idea originates in the mind, promising that someone else will solve the world's problems. The reason that the mind does this, and it's always the same old thing, it's this powerful idea is meant to divert our attention from our true selves, and it causes us to look to the future and hope for some kind of salvation. But in reality, there's nothing to save. As children of God, we're already free. And, and divert our attention from the only place that we really have any power and uh, and joy, which is right now, right here. Yeah, I agree. And um, uh, it, 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 it's much like the stage mu- magician with misdirection. You know, look over here when the real story is going on at the other place. And... Um, so anyway, we we uh, we have our thing with gurus. I see uh, one of our guests in the chat room has written down, "Gee, you are you for guru," and I like that very much because uh, uh, I'm not I'm not that fond of gurus. Well, you know, eventually we discovered that all truth and guidance come from within. You know, spiritual giants might inspire us, and that's that's great. I mean, that's what in, spiritual giants are actually souls that are channeling God's love, and that's what inspiration is. But in the end we realize that we are all goddesses, we're all gods, we're all children of gods. We have to learn to love one another. You know, life really is nothing more than, learn. it's about experience. Through countless lives, our minds are programmed with other people's ideas, you know, our peers, parents, education, religion, books, government, culture. They just inject us with their thoughts, and then we process them and call them our own. But really, the only thing we truly, really, really know are things that arise from my personal experience. Everything else is nothing but hearsay. Right. Yeah. Gene's in the uh, uh, chat room saying, "Why do we need the titles? We, we we don't need the titles, and particularly in I, I would say titles that imply a difference in altitude, so to speak." Yeah, and uh, if someone is calling themselves a guru, you know. Right. If someone says they know it all, chances are they don't know very much at all. And the more, the more I find out, the less I know, to be certain. Uh, and but there is this tendency that that you brought up of, um, and it, I see it in many different forms these days. Whether it's the aliens that are going to come and 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 make first contact, or whether it's the second coming, or whatever, that there's something outside of us that's going to come and it's going to fix all this and it's going to make everything lovely and. Uh, it seems to me that gives away we're the ones that are here, 
you want to do something here, we're the ones that are here. What 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 are we wait who are we waiting on? Yeah, and you know myriad physical forms, philosophies, religion, art, scientific theories, they're born, they have duration, but you know what? They all pass away. Everything passes away except for love. There's always love. Behind everything is God's love. It's really simple from my point of view. We exist because of God's love. We're all God's children. If we just realize that, we started looking around and recognize we're all God's children, we'd start to share with each other and respecting each other and being generous and compassionate to our brothers and sisters. And uh, and that that's exactly what they are. They're just brothers and sisters. They're fellow travelers on the on the road. I like uh, George Bernard Shaw, uh, another uh, gifted wordsmith who said, that, um, I'm not a teacher. I'm just a fellow traveler of whom you've asked the way. Exactly. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm on the road. And so I think it's that way because that's, that's why I'm walking that way. But I don't know. <laughs> Let's go and see. And uh, it seems to me that spirit, this, you're talking about this un, unfettered, unbridled creativity and love, would just be exactly like that, would just want to go everywhere. And see everything, and do it, touch everything, smell everything. I want to know all about everything, and uh, and and yet we sit and try to make judgments of what's the right thing to experience or the wrong thing to experience, or oh, don't do it that way. Um, right. I, and in the bigger picture, you know, we have to realize I'm we're not I'm not trying to suggest in any way that there aren't any good teachers out there. I mean, teachers, we all have our place. We're all teachers, and if someone happens to have quite a bit of knowledge or information that they want to impart and share. And the way that works is is that a teacher will actually just guide another to their inner self. And, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And we're here for a reason. And what a teacher does is awaken that within us and teach us that, in fact, we are our own teachers. But, you know, we have to be careful not to look out there and judge everybody saying, well, guru, guru this and Charlotte in there because that's there are a lot of those, but there are also some very genuine loving souls out there who have a lot to share and a lot to give because we are here to share God's love and there's a million different ways to share it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I have a lot of teachers that I greatly respect, and but some of them, many of them, uh, most of the ones that I read with great interest now would not describe themselves necessarily that way. As you said earlier, that somebody that says, proclaims they're a guru as opposed to somebody that just shares uh, but I've gotten some incredible insights from just I, – I get as much from anybody that I help. I, I, I always feel at the end that I may have gotten more than they did from it um, because it is a two-way street. We all teach. We all, we're all teachers. We're all learners. We're all experiencers and uh, sort of sharing experience, you know, as if we met up on the road and just said, hey, how's it been for you? <laughs> I'll tell you what, how about, a, how about a little spiritual exercise here? We have a couple of minutes. I'm going to do one here with everybody, just to give people an idea, maybe a little taste. Of Beautiful. What. Okay. Okay, so we'll set the scene. So we're just going to close our eyes. Close your eyes and imagine this scene. You're standing in a shimmering alpine meadow valley. High. Sorry, let's start again. You're standing in a shimmering alpine meadow, high in a valley, on a distant exotic planet. Everywhere you can see brilliant flowers in resplendent bloom. Mmm, the heavenly aroma saturates your skin. Meadowlarks dart through the air like cosmic acrobats. 
as a golden eagle soars high above. In the distance, a majestic grizzly casually strolls along a babbling brook. And three warm, glorious suns shine high above. It's lovely when you really think about it, when you imagine it. Of course, we all imagine it differently. Now, since your eyes are closed, who is looking at this picture? It's not your physical eyes. It is your true self, soul, seeing with higher senses. Now, this is a small taste of what you are, who you are. You are soul. And what's happening there is we are employing our divine imagination to create a scene to give life and to, with all the senses, our taste and smell and feel, sight and sound. And what's happened in today's world, we've started to use our imagination in a negative way. We worry, we fear, we're suspicious, we're uptight, we're full of anxiety and worry. This exercise just shows that we can take this imagination, turn it around, and use it in a positive way to create the things that we want in our life that, that will provide bounty, joy, and true spiritual experience. It's totally up to us. Absolutely. And uh, it is that's a beautiful uh a beautiful look and a beautiful uh a, a peek at, at, at what who we are and how we look. Who's who's looking? I like that question. Who's looking okay. at that? Yes. Okay, now I'm gonna read you another poem. And this poem is I think that it's going to encapsulate the dark the darkness of life and rising through it and waking up into a grand realization how Spirit is what is lacking in our lives if we're having problems. So I'm going to start a sound file here again in the background real quick. I'm going to read one more poem, if that's okay with you. Perfect. That's beautiful. Okay, here we go. I was trapped and bemused, feeling sad and confused. A, su- a subatomic particle lost in a deep black hole. And suddenly, you stuck in your magic telescope. And I opened up like a flower. I shot out like a telescope. A mystical kaleidoscope. Like a solar flare. Without a care, my heart exploded into a supernova. And then, I woke up on your constellation. A phantasmagorical revelation. So ecstatic and divine, orgasmic and sublime. I'm staying here forever until the end of time. End of poem. Beautiful. No, that was nice, the uh, the end of poem, too. With, you know. <laughs> he didn't go, did he? It got quiet. Um no, that's that's uh, glorious, and it is uh, stirring. Uh, it amazes me the way, uh, I, I suppose, since the written word is not perhaps my uh, focus or forte, it, it amazes the way that uh, uh, true wordsmiths can conjure with their words. Well, you know, it's interesting, Rick, because people will say to me, boy, you sure have a way with words, and I'll say, it's not that way at all. Words have their way with me. That's really what it's like. They'll say, how do you come up with so many sayings? And I'll say, I don't. They come up with me. Or they'll say, do you ever run out of words? And I'll say, are you kidding? Words are constantly running out of me. 
<laughs> Indeed. It's just a matter of being a channel. And you know what? It doesn't matter what your inclination or what your talents are. We all we all have special traits and qualities. We need to spend time on them, you know, whether it's art or architecture or science or sports. Whatever it is that we really excel at, it's important that we take the time to do it because if we excel at it, chances are we love it. And if we love it, we're really good at it. And when, when we're involved in an artistic expression that we excel at, it naturally goes out of us and it uplifts and inspires other people and it comes back to us in a reflective manner. And most of us don't take the time or say we don't have the time or are too preoccupied to actually do what we love. It's important that we find the time to do what we love because everybody benefits every time we do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that feeling of love, that feeling of passion, excitement, that's that's to me like the compass in my heart saying that there, that way, go that way. And uh, uh, I must admit that uh, an absolute willingness to follow is rather new for me. But uh, uh, And so it feels a little odd at times. I call it the riding the bicycle downhill without your hands on the handlebar syndrome. Yeah. I mean, but, the giving of love is a spiritual expression of the greatest significance. And um, uh, that that if you just go, that all of the things that might you might possibly even imagine you need will just sort of be there right along the trail. It's not a big labor. And, you know, life is, is an, a, a series of never-ending challenges and problems. And I don't use the word problem in a negative connotation. I'm just saying that it's natural for us to have challenges. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. And if we're if the same problem keeps reappearing over and over again, well, that's an indication we need to focus in that particular area of our life. But what happens is, as we rise to the challenge and we solve our problems, we're presented with newer ones and greater ones. And these problems are for our own spiritual growth. They're very important that we have the right attitude towards them because we're never. I don't. I believe that spirit never ever gives us any problems that are too great for us to solve. The fact that we can perceive a problem or a challenge in our life. Is proof that we can uh, we can solve it. Right, right. Works for me anyway. I I I, I agree with you. I think sometimes, as infinite creators, I could imagine an infinite creator tossing a little challenge out in front just for the fun of getting over it. Exactly. People run obstacle courses and things just because they want to get to the other side because it was a fun experience to climb and get reach the top. Sounds like challenges and uh, problems, you know, as you say. And that um, uh, the getting over them is the fun. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, it, it's difficult because the mind works in grooves with creatures of habit, so negative thinking has become a habit. People worry, they're stressed. You know, what many call the comfort zone is actually pretty darn uncomfortable. Most of us choose to put up with the misery rather than go for the gusto because to step out of our, our comfort zone requires motivation and real effort to see beyond the norm and you know, to disregard the status quo and transcend the walls of illusion created by the mind. It's up to us to look inside and rev up those engines of our glorious heart and let love be our guide. Absolutely. Uh, it is It's like stepping outside the edge of the spotlight. But if you take one step outside, the spotlight sort of recenters, and there you are again. 
Yeah, you know, we, we eventually we learn to release the tight grip that we have on these temporal objects of our ghostly world because everything passes away, like I said. And as we loosen our grip on these objects, we become freer to embrace the divine love which is growing in our hearts. You know, divine love has no width, no depth, no length or weight. It can't be measured, but it can be treasured. Ah, beautiful. And so true. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> ah, yoo-hoo. Yes, we do. In the uh, chat room, they're saying that uh, we all uh, we all have gifts, and we do. We all have yeah, gifts exactly. and talents, and um, and that can be the real joy in life is we pursue them, and then we just share them with each other. Yeah. Uh, and uh, instead of sharing our fears and concerns about tomorrow with each other which just makes more people fearful and concerned. And uh, It's like the Dalai Lama says, you know, kindness goes a long way to making this world a much better place. We need more kindness in our world. And, of course, kindness, once again, it, it comes from within. It, it, it's, uh, it's something that the more we learn to share and appreciate, the better the entire planet is. You know, extending our noble thoughts and our warm feelings and acts of loving kindness to other people is like offering them a magic carpet ride. Love elevates their hearts, it enlivens their senses, and it liberates them from the shackles of their minds. At the same time, it reflects back to us the love that we have shared. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Truly, truly is. Uh, if you had one short, you know, brief few minutes, say these next uh, couple of minutes, for somebody that, uh, say, has arrived here at the show because I've said that I channel and Gene writes books and we're supposed to know, um, what piece of advice in there, now they're sitting there going, wow, they're telling me they don't know anything about me. Uh, Well, what do I do? What would be the one, you know, if someone who was sort of not sure which way to turn, but they knew they needed to turn to different than just listening to the news, reading the newspaper, going to work, and coming home, what would be that first first piece of advice? Where would you tell them to look or go or do? Or Well, you know, the way that spirit works is, in, in a way, you know, God can't do without us, and we can't do without God, because God needs channels for love to pass through and to uplift life. And... Um, we have to realize that we, first of all, we have to realize that we are souls. So I encourage everybody to, to contemplate, find a passage, a piece of music, a piece of art, an idea, a thought, a quote, and take that. Something that really inspires you. It could be the image of a person that inspires you, whatever. Find something that inspires you and take it into your heart throw it up into your mind and see how it reveals itself to you. And you'd be surprised how the loving energy of God can work through something that inspires you by you putting your attention on it, but not in a rigid way like in meditation where you're trying to spill your mind, but in a way where you just observe it and allow it to just expand and and, and express itself in just a multitude of different ways. You'd be surprised what comes out of that because as soul, we are a magnificent spiritual prism and the singular love light of God comes into our hearts, and then it goes up by the grace of our noble thoughts, loving feelings, and acts of kindness. So by realizing that we are channels for God's love, we can use certain inspirational things, like I said, 
to put our attention onto, and then we will become inspired and feel we'll discover a true nature through these well, I call them spiritual exercises. Right. You know, we have to. We have every time we look at other people, for that matter, every form of life, because the soul, through its millions and millions of incarnations, starts off as a stone, as a plant, as a bird, as a mammal. You know, eventually to the humans and beyond. And these experiences are meant for to teach us things. And as human beings, it's the first time where we have the opportunity, where we are have a certain amount of self awareness. And this is what we need to do. We need to realize that we're people living in that physical plane, but we're also spiritual beings underneath it all. And once you realize that you are an eternal spiritual being, you don't worry about death anymore, and it's a lot easier to sort of see things the way they are and not be upset by them. It's about our spiritual nature and recognizing it. It takes practice. It really does. I try to look beyond the face of any people, and, you know, I, I... Look look at the grace residing in the divine heart. That seems to work most of the time, although not all the time, you know. I bet you I, I must average a thousand negative thoughts a day like everybody else. Oh, my. Lack of perfection. You're, and I'm proud of it, you know. I enjoy being perfectly imperfect as I become who I am. I do, too. And uh, we talk about that a lot here uh, at Everyday Connection because it – it may not even be the, the the person's passing on the message, but I think it's easy coming from a position of poor, poor, pitiful me to sort of take on that, well, teacher is perfect, and so I'm going to be perfect like teacher. And uh, uh, that's why I like the, the metaphors that are more about fellow traveler because uh, I don't – I can probably teach more by how often I mess up than – any perfection that I might be holding on to. <laughs> exactly, you know, and that attitude goes a long way because we never attain a state of complete perfection where we find where we say, ah, oh, I made it, I'm perfect. Only God is perfect. There's always one more step. You can always do better. You can always act more kindly and radiate more love. You can, and that's how spirit works. It's sign, spirit actually shines to conscious souls to light up the world. So bring on the good. I love being, you know, imperfect. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and I love being being able to look at that and and appreciate it. Uh, it. It's the difference between sitting in the I'm something's wrong with me to I'm a work in progress, perfectly imperfect. I like that very much the way that you put that. Here's a, here's a short little poem that's inspirational. Have you ever gazed upon a star? as it zooms across the sky, shining in its splendor and screaming its love cry? Have you ever wondered what life is, what God is, and who you are? Life is love, love is God, and you are that wondrous star. Mm. Beautiful. Well, uh, does anyone in the chat room have any uh, comments, questions? Uh, Solution before we uh, yes anyone that has solutions please bring them forward, uh, and um, because I know we're going to close out with a beautiful song uh, uh, from our friend. Uh, right quickly, I do have one question. Now, um, guest number three has a question as well. Uh, while while she's typing that, what what would be the significance perhaps? Where where, where is this name? Nom de plume of Sri Gone Too Far. Tell us a little about that. 
Well, it's a play on words because I love to play with words. Sri, of course, in, in India, it's a title of uh, that they often give to a holy man. Of course, I use it in a lighthearted way. But the actual word Sri, S-R-I, is just the word Sir. Sir comes from Sri. It's a title of respect. Uh, the word gone too far it simply means that. Gone too far. A holy man that's gone too far and stepped over the edge. You know, that's how I look at myself. A non-holy man with a lot of um, different ideas, thoughts, quotes, and poetry to try and liven people up, inspire them, you know, make them laugh, make them feel good about themselves and the rest of life. Absolutely. Greetings, my dear. You had many things to say, and welcome back before we sing our way out of here. I know that... uh, uh, Okay, guest number three. I hate to keep referring to you guys that way. If you'd like me to call you by any particular name, uh, feel free to type it in. But would like to know what kind of advice you would give to an aspiring writer. Oh, well, the best advice to give to an aspiring writer is, right, share your writing. You know, don't be a closet writer. Get yourself on Facebook. Start yourself a fan page, not a profile page. Start a fan page. Start writing everywhere. Get yourself a blog, a website. Go to places like um, PoetrySoup.org. Go to Scribed, S-R-I-B-D.com, um, Writers Cafe. These are wondrous places. Writers Cafe has over 15,000 writers there. We all share our writing and inspire each other and you know give each other advice. So there's a million things to do. But I, I suggest taking advantage of the social media Um I'm on um, Twitter. I've got nine Facebook pages. You know, I've got two blogs and a website. Get your writing out there and share it because writing is for sharing. And the more you express yourself, the more you can reach more people, the more feedback you get. And believe it or not, you'll be growing and inspiring other people. And not only that, they'll inspire you. It comes back to you. Can I um, can I add something in there? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, um, one of the most important things that I would say to because I'm, I'm also an author, um, so one of the most important things I would say to you as, as anybody who's out there doing any kind of artistic expression, just be yourself. Yes. Do not do this for other people. Do not do it for other people. At, at any point in your career, do not do this for other people because once you begin doing it for them, you will lose that that spark within you um, that really brings that spirit through, that purity of spirit. So, so you know, do this for the love of the fact that you're doing it because it's part of who you are. If you're a writer, then be a writer and love being a writer. If you're an artist, be an artist and love being an artist. If you're a musician, be a musician. Love being a musician. Absolutely. Put it all out there for the world to see but do it with no other expectation than it brings you joy to do it. That's a good point, you know. As individual children of God, we're all composed of the same atoms, but we express ourselves uniquely, just like you say. So bring it on, set it loose, and let it rip. Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't don't try to be like anyone. It's okay to admire the art and the work of someone else, but don't try to fit your to anyone else's mold or, uh, I, I suppose, compare you to you. Don't compare you to 
to somebody else and don't write something and then be mean to yourself by saying this isn't good enough and I can't share this with anybody because they won't like it. And that's just as, that's just to me the equal to putting it out there and having a bunch of haters. And haters are good because it means you're doing something. You're making people <laughs> think. They don't like to think, some of them. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to go off there. But, uh, uh, go for it, Rick. Let her rip. But, uh, that's what I was hearing from both of you was, was be you. Express it the way you express it and please share it because I know I'd like to see it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So we must be near the end of the show, right? I, we, we are. However, we've extended, we, um, I, I believe a couple of people wouldn't mind extending it for a few minutes because I understand that you have, some music for us, and I didn't get to listen to most of the show because my computer completely crashed right after I, I made my graceful exit. <laughs> I must have a Windows machine. I'm on a Mac. <laughs> um, I no, my machine has been um, loyal and kind for three years, and she's been thoroughly abused. So she just she's tired. <laughs> Found it out three novels and wow. four four novels. Four novels. Congratulations. Yeah, so she's she's been to the other side of the world three times. She's she's been used and abused. Um and she's been so loyal to me and sometimes she just gets tired. So I let her rest. Um so I will again, I'm going to make an a, you know, I'm going to stay silent here in a minute. I'm going to say that we can extend the show for a few minutes cuz uh I'd love to hear you play some music. I just want to say, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you to all our guests for listening. Um, I hope we get the chance to share our space and time with you again. I know that I'm going to enjoy getting to know you better now that we've connected. Um, and, um, wow, just blessings to everybody who's listening tonight. And hopefully you'll take us out with some amazing, inspiring music and poetry. And thank you. I love you all. Thank you very much, Jane. Thanks, I'm just going to Right before, sorry to interrupt you, but right before we, uh, in, in case there's some that have to leave us since we've reached the top of the hour, uh, how can folks find you and how can, uh, uh, to find out more about you and to locate your book? Uh, we have links on our website, but how can they find you? Uh, Facebook websites, what is it? Well, the easiest way is to go to my website, lovetruehome.com. From there, you can link to my nine Facebook pages, my blog, my Twitter account, my YouTube videos and all that stuff, and my new, uh, I've been reading a bunch of poetry and I'm reciting it. So if you go to lovestruehome.com, all the links are there. And I encourage you to come and visit and um, say hello. Wonderful. We hope you do. Okay. And thank you once again. I'm going to read one short little passage and I'm going to play just a very short piece of a song that I've played many times. So here's the passage. It goes like this. Love is a river flowing from God into our hearts. As it flows out again to all life, It takes a little bit of our unique flavor with it. We are vehicles for spirit. We are vehicles for God's love. This is the very essence of life. We exist because of God's love. We are all God's children. Can it get get simpler?
again next week, folks. Thank you so much for coming. Good night or morning. (laughs) So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.